0: Okay, we're about to have some folks come up and uh, the folks that are going to be baptized today come up and give their testimony of how they came to know Christ. Uh, if you have a prior engagement, you've got to be somewhere, don't feel awkward about it if you've ha- you got to roll out, uh, but they're about to come up and, and do that now, and they'll tell, our, tell us our, their testimony, and then we're going to go over there and baptize these folks. So, who's going first? Forgot to organize that before we got started. Stephanie got elected. Uh, where's where's John and Rachel anymore? Rachel. There. Okay. Stephanie, would you like to go ahead and start it off? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can be seated, by the way. <laughs> you
1: don't have to stand in the moment.
2: I didn't bring a paper, so y'all bear with me. Um, I'm Seth, for those of y'all that do not know me. Um, I'll just say I am beyond pumped because I have not been baptized as a believer. I have been baptized in the past, and it was out of self-righteousness, thinking it was good work, like, oh, this represents me to be saved, and that's just false, so I am glad that I get to rejoice with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and just a great representation, so um, for my testimony, just to share, um, I grew up as a child, um, I, I grew up as a child, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I grew up in a family, um, I don't know my biological father, and just grew up with lots of divorce and different um, stories behind that, kind of always a loner, and um Praise God, though, through all that, he sought me out continually and always placed someone in my life to uh, continually try to share the gospel with me, and I was just hard-hearted. So when I was younger, I was adopted by my mom's third husband, and um, we moved to Texas because of military, and there I met the first family to ever, like, truly share the gospel according to the word with me and my need for Christ and just showing me my sin. I met their daughter when I was in school, and I went always to their house. And so then I invited my family. I was like, "We need to go to church. We need to go to church." And so we started going. And then there's a huge difference. Though when um, I went to their house, I saw like how their father led them, and her, and they would spend time in the Lord together, and they worshiped the Lord together. And he would always talk about how great Christ was. And I still I, I have vague remembrance of it, but. I still talk to that family, and they're always praising the Lord on their lips. But then when my family went home, it was completely opposite. It was chaotic and hatred. And so um, because I was doing good things, though, and I was a good kid, I grew up just thinking that I was saved. And obviously that's not according to the Word because we see that there is no one righteous, no not one. And I was far and off from the Lord. And so later on, military again, we moved. And so I separated from the one family that I had um, truth from. And I did not know how to say the word. I didn't even have a Bible when I was a kid. But um, in high school, no, in middle school, I moved to Mississippi. And a friend of mine at school invited me to church again. And I was like, what is with these people? Oh, (laughs) yeah, the South. And so... um, went to a church there and just started got plugged in again, but never really put my faith in Christ because I was just like, okay, this is good. Like I get this as understanding. It was all knowledge based and nothing about faith. And so I did not have any idea about my sin and then continued on. But then my ninth grade year, my parents got divorced and it just kind of got crazy in my house. And my mom became really abusive and, um, People would always tell me, like, the people who were part of my church that I had gone to and stuff were like, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, God's a good father. Well, Because I didn't have, like, an idea of a good father, I was like, whatever. Like, I did not believe that God was good, and I did not believe that he was a father at all. And so instead of putting my faith in him, I kind of rejected it. And I got annoyed, and I hated believers. And so I looked back at it, and I was like, the whole time I thought that I was saved and you see like how a believer loves each other like that's just a commandment that we see for God for us, from God, for us to love one another and obviously I was separated because I did not love other people um, and I hated seeing the light of Christ Jesus. So finally um, my senior year and that whole time I just really did I thought I was deceived and thinking because I was good. That I was okay, and then my senior year, after just being separated for such a long time, I went to this youth event. <laughs> Another thing in the South that you guys do, <laughs> um, yeah. So I went to this youth event, and I'll just share just a couple, couple, a couple scriptures. I'm going to speak in English. A couple scriptures. Uh, the first one, when we went, he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, and so the parable in Matthew 13. It says, "Um, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And when he was um, speaking on it, I was like, I don't find the treasure, I do not find the kingdom of God, I don't find anything about scripture or the Lord treasurable. I don't think it. And the reason is because I did not find a need in myself, like I was self-righteous and I thought I was okay and So I did not see a need for him whatsoever. But um, the next thing they started studying was in Ephesians 2. And this is when I started realizing, like, maybe I'm really not saved. And so Ephesians 2, and I love this verse. It's so great for um, me to see. It says, And you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So like I was a child of wrath. I did not realize because in my self-righteousness, I was like, okay, I'm all sweet. I'm a great girl, la-da-da. Like, the Lord's never going to punish me. And then in that, I see, what? I'm falling after Satan. Oh, my gosh. Um. And it really started settling in. It made me uncomfortable when I was around believers, really uncomfortable, but just kept up this pride and continued like going to church and things like that. But it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated Us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For great, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not on your own doing, for it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So I was boasting this whole time in myself, and I did not even realize that God was being gracious to me. Like I was so stubborn for all that time. And just turning against and never, ever seeing my sin. I thought that I was a good person. And then I realized, like, I'm a child of God. Like, I'm not a child of God. I'm not adopted into His, into His heir. And so, um, this verse just continually, it kept going through my head for maybe about, I don't know, like, it wasn't a certain time, but over about two months, I would study little things like this, um, when I had gatherings with people. But, um, I started to realize, okay, I'm not good at all. I'm sinful. But I still didn't realize what God had done for me. Like, I didn't understand that um, sin was uh, punishable by death. And so then I started seeing through Romans, like, for the wages of sin is death. I was like, okay, okay, this is a lot more serious than what I think it is. And so... um, At church one day, somebody were talking about, because I didn't know how to study the Word, and someone told me to start going through John. And this is when I realized, like, I'm not really a believer at all, is between that Ephesians 2 and John 1. But this is just a main verse that stuck out to me. And it says, um, he was in the world. It's talking about Jesus Christ. It says, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, and I did not receive Christ. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And I desired so much to be a child of God. Like, I saw my friends who were believers, and... Just like their joy and peace and satisfaction. And after I read Ephesians, I was just tore up. I was messed up. I was like, I'm not. I'm not that at all. I lack, I lack a peace. And it's here just a promise for me. Like, God loves me so much that he sent his, his son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. That I have been against him. And I've been alienated from him for this whole time and separated. And then he sent his son. And that now... I might not know my biological father. I might not have a good father here on earth, but I have a heavenly father who has adopted me as his daughter, and under such a sweet promise for me. And so um, that was after my senior year, and just since then um, I struggled for a long time trying to learn the word because I didn't know how to study it. But praise God, like, he makes wise the simple. Um, he makes a simple wise. And so... Um, Even though I didn't understand for a while, he put a yearning in my heart to understand and know his word. And so I'm realizing, like, he's making me into the completion that I need to be. But also, I I mean, I'm still weak, and I realize how much I need him every day, and I do. I'm trying to grow as much as I can, but it takes a daily um, dying to my flesh, it does. So I'm just glad I can be here and celebrate that I've been adopted by Christ as his daughter,
1: Uh, I'm a little nervous right now so whenever I'm nervous my English gets messed up I hope you understand me Uh, well my name is John I'm from Peru Uh, I grew up in a Family where we always talk about Christ, about Jesus. So my mom always took me to church every time I was a bad kid. She was like, "You need to go to church. You come. You're coming with me to church because you've been bad." So she, she would took me to church for that. But I, I never really enjoy it because I was always fighting at church and stuff like that. I was getting in trouble, so I never like. I never really like it. But anyways, I I grew up always hearing about Jesus, but not knowing anything about him. I knew facts, but I never knew him. So, and then I, I grew up just like that. And then, uh, I wanna try to make my story really short because I got a lot of stuff to say, but I only have five minutes or seven, I think. So, so anyways, uh, then I, I was just living like that. um thinking that uh, just because I'm going to church, I'm gonna be safe. Like my mom always told me you need to go to church every morning and confess your sin every time and you're gonna be safe or you you need to tithe because God does what God says if you don't do it you're not gonna help so I thought that I was good right like going to church every morning and uh, Sunday morning and uh giving my tithe and I always thought that I was safe you know but I never followed Christ I never knew him I was doing my own desires so and then I moved here to in the states and i 've been here for two years and a half, but two years I never went when I came here, I never went to church and i didn 't have fellowship friend, you know fellowship you know like friends in church and stuff so and then I went to Peru and I met, I met my my dear friend Joe and uh, Stephanie Dana and other guys. I met them in Peru uh, he was at my sister 's wedding he was a gruzman so I met him there I met Stephanie and all then. And I was helping them to to share the gospel. He, Joe was sh- sharing with, with another guy down there in Peru, so I was translating for him. And every time he would speak, I was like, he knows, like. And then I remember the guy that he was talking to, and I was translating. He's like, that guy knows a lot, huh? And I was like, yeah, he knows. But I knew that he knew, but I never cared about it. Like, I, I don't want to know. I don't care. I'm safe already, you know. So and then they invite me to to live in the States, so I was living in Arizona. And I went to Arizona, I put all my stuff in the car and I drove from Arizona to here because they invited me to live here. And I said, I'm going to Mississippi. So I came to Mississippi, I came to Mississippi and oh my gosh, y'all don't even realize how beautiful this place is. I love it. like. I was driving to, uh, you know, Arizona, and then New Mexico, and it's horrible space, I don't like it. And then, and then I was getting in Louisiana, and Louisiana's all green, and then I was, I was getting in uh, Mississippi, and oh my god, this is beautiful, like, green and all the stuff, you know, like, it's beautiful. And then it was rain, I love rain, I love, like, thunders, you know, so it's, it's crazy. And I love it, and I was like, I'm going to live here, you know, like, as long as the Lord wanted me to be here. So when I got here, oh, man, like, praise the Lord that I'm here because he saved me. Well, anyways, before I go there, I was uh, meeting with Joe, and he was sharing with me, right, about the law and about stuff in the Bible. And I remember he was teaching me about righteousness, and that's when the Lord, like, hit my heart and just made me see different. Like, I remember he telling me about the righteousness, right, and I was like, oh yeah, that's good, like God made me righteous, that's great, you know, but then I went home, and I was studying everything, and I was just like crying, like, you know, like I'm a sinner, like I never obeyed Him, but He made me righteous just by faith, and since then every cha- everything changed, like my mind has changed, and the way that I saw the Lord, it was just different, like He made me righteous, I'm a sinner, I'm, you know, I'm like, horrible before his eyes, but he made me righteous, so praise the Lord for that. But still, like, I, di- I wasn't getting there. I knew the knowledge, but I didn't ha- I didn't believe yet, right? So, and then I remember we keep meeting and meeting, and then I met Joel, and every one of you have planted a seed on me, and it's growing, and it's just desiring the Lord. Like, every time any of you were sharing something with me, you have no idea how helpful that was on me like you were planting stuff on me that I never saw before and then I was like why these people love the Lord the way that I don't why they know about him and I'm no I don't so I think that I already knew I already know because on Psalm uh, 1910 it says that the, the word of God is like a like it's sweeter than uh, honey and once you try it you know, like, you cannot leave it. And the Lord put his honey on my lips, and now I want it, and I desire it every time, you know. And it's just beautiful. And then on uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it's yourself. So I was seeing my life, and man, like, I was horrible. Like, I was never saved. So God took me for, from the place where I was saved because I did this and this and that to a place where I saved you. You didn't do anything. It was me. So, uh, I don't know. Since then, it's everything different now. And he saved me from that. And, um, and Galatians uh, 2 says that I um, I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, it's no longer I who I live, but Christ who lives in me. And he lives in me. Praise the Lord for that. He died for me. I just... Um, Want to read something on uh, tires I got a lot of stuff to say, but since I'm nervous, I'm kind of like forgetting everything. So I just wanna. I was reading tires and Tyrus three says that on on three says for we ourselves were once foolish disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice, envy. I don't know how to pronounce the word, hated by others and hating one another. So that was us, right? Like. All these bad things that we were doing, uh, following by um, passions and, and hating one another, that was us, right? that was me, that was us, church, and then uh, on forces, but it's like, oh, there is a hope, there is a hope for us, right, like, we are all of this, but I don't want to go to hell, I want to live with Christ, so... And then enforces, but when the goodness and love and kindness of God, our Savior, appears. So His love, kindness, His grace appears to us. And then what is this on 5? He saved us. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, He saved us for where we were. And then, says He saved us not because of works, but by done by us righteousness, by according to His grace. So Praise the Lord that His grace was shown to us, right? And, man, it's just grace. I didn't do anything like now, I, when I never I thought that old John, I see myself like pushing the gates of hell, trying to get out of there. But then God says, just have faith. Because so, faith is the key that's going to open those, the gates. So he gave me faith, and now I believe in that. And he's my Savior. Mark 16:16 16, 16 says, Whoever he and gets baptized, is saved. So praise the Lord for his grace and that he save us. Amen.
3: I will be the shortest testimony ever. Um, My journey starts young, um, about six, when I first felt that I was being drawn by the Lord. We were Methodist at the time anyway. We later became Presbyterians. On Wednesday nights, I attended a program at the Baptist Church, and I went to a Catholic school. And I say all that to say that did not make me righteous. Um, There are unclear journeys in my story that I don't understand fully, but something that helps me here is that those journeys involve many of you. Um, We may have been neighbors or on the dance team together um, or peers at school or you invited me into your home when we didn't even know each other or into your home to live when we had barely known each other. Um, And that I'm just truly, truly grateful from the bottom of my heart that each of you play such a big role um, in my journey. Um, I didn't realize the true depth of my sin until sometime in college, but here's the deal. I was dead, born into sin from the moment my mother conceived me, and Jesus saved me out of that. How can I know that? And I know that because this is huge and something that i struggle with greatly. That how can I know that I know that I know? Because I did nothing, and I can take myself out of that. Jesus did it all. And according to John 5.24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. First John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in my name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And the biggest one for me was John 10.28. It says, My Father, which has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Verse 30 says this, I and my Father are one. You are double gripped in the hand of Christ, and no one can take that away.
0: say just a few words about baptism this won't take long at all and then we'll all make our way over over here and uh be witnesses to uh to this baptism uh just real quickly what we're about to do is in obedience to jesus okay this is not an invention of man or a product of church history we are about to obey christ specifically in matthew 28 part of the great commission jesus has commanded the church to baptize believers in the the Trinitarian name of God, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We are to immerse people in the name of God as a symbol to what has already happened to them in Jesus. Okay, So I want you to think about baptism like this. It is a powerful symbol to something that's already happened to believers. Think about a wedding ring. A wedding ring does not make someone married, but it lets everyone... Sorry, bro. That's my my heresy filter. Okay, think about baptism like a wedding ring. Okay? It's a symbol. Wedding rings don't make you married, but they're a symbol that you are. They're evidence. They're a symbol. Okay? Baptism is a powerful symbol. And it's powerful because it's been ordained by Christ. And it's a symbol... Because baptism adds nothing to your salvation. Okay? We are righteous through faith in Christ. And the moment that we believe the gospel, God the judge rocks forward on the bench and He declares we're righteous in Jesus. Nothing can go against it. Nothing can ever change it. Okay? So according to the testimonies you just heard, righteous ones are about to be immersed in the name of God. And what that means is for their feet ever touch the water, they're righteous in Christ. Okay? This is a symbol. Baptism does not make us more righteous. However, it's a powerful symbol. Ordained by Jesus. Okay? This powerful symbol points to something that's already happened to the believer. This is why in Colossians 2, we, uh, let me just say this. We don't go around baptizing lost people. Why? Because it does nothing. Okay? Colossians 2 talks about us being baptized but raised Through faith in Christ. And that's a good picture of what's happened. That we're about to immerse someone in the name of God in water, but they're raised not because we pull them up out of the water, they're raised through faith in Jesus. Okay? This has already happened. This is a symbol that points to the finished work of Christ. It's a powerful symbol. All right, uh, if you have your Bible, let's read uh, two verses in Romans chapter 6. This powerful symbol. This won't take long. Now this is going to be to everybody, but I want the folks that are about to be baptized, Stephanie, John, and Rachel, I want you all to pay special attention to this with the understanding of, I want to inform everybody on this as well. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through 5. I'm going to read this. All right. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So I want you to think about this powerful symbol that Jesus has given us. This is really a two for one picture. Okay? This symbol points to two things in one act. What are the two things? The burial of the believer with Jesus. And then the resurrection, the raising of the believer with Christ. And so as we view this, we're about to see a funeral and a birth happen in a moment. In a flash, in a moment. And it's death to the old man, life to the new. This has already happened and this symbol points us to what's already been done. Okay, this is a powerful symbol done one time for the believer. Okay, we take the Lord's Supper a lot. It reminds us of our communion with Christ. Baptism is a once for all picture for the rest of your life to remind you that you have been grafted in, united to, joined to Jesus by faith, never to be separated again. This is, this is a picture of your union with Christ. All right, uh, this is a direct word to you who are about to be baptized. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 says this so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And what I want to say to you is let this picture that we're about, to, we're about to obey Jesus in a minute, let this picture go with you for the rest of your life that there has been a powerful break in your life from sin never to return again. Okay? You are to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God In Jesus, and let this symbol serve you in that way as a visual picture of that reality. Now, last word to the church. Okay? I don't know how many of you, this is a really popular story in the Gospels, but there's this guy named Lazarus, and he dies in the Gospels. Okay? And in the Gospel of John, you can go read this. And Jesus goes to that funeral of the guy named Lazarus. And many of you know what happens. Okay? Jesus is at the funeral. The tomb's closed. Lazarus been dead for a couple of days, and the Son of God, in all His exalted authority, God, the God-Man in the flesh, He opens His mouth and He says, "Lazarus, come forth!" And a dead man was raised to life. Now I want you to think about what you'd have done if you'd have saw that that day. If you'd have been standing there, you would have been praised to the King. He has all authority. Praise to His holy name. And I want to encourage you that as we witness this at a church, this is a spiritual picture of that reality. That this is evidence and witness and a symbol that points to our God raises the dead dead to life and gives us new life and salvation in Jesus. So praise to His name. You're about to have an opportunity to exalt Him. So we're about to make our way over there. Let me pray for us. And then let's all head that direction. Lord, we love you. God, thank you for this picture. God, thank you that you save. Lord, and we ask that you would meet us, Lord. As we seek to obey you, Lord, we ask that you would meet us. We ask, Lord, that you would bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen.